Uh, turn to Matthew chapter 21. I do want to invite you a couple things. Um, on your way out today, we've got the Celebrate Easter cards. Um, we want to encourage you to go to your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, take them to whoever uh, you come into contact with, just to invite them. Um, it, it's, it's an easy way to say, hey, we'd love to have you join us on Easter. So we've got Good Friday starting at 7 p.m. Friday night and then next Sunday at 1030. So Matthew chapter 21, we're continuing our Road to Redemption series. Um, if you don't have a Bible, you can follow along on the screen above, or if you have a phone, you can uh, follow along with that as well. But Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 1, and then I'm going to warn you, I'm going to let you know, we're really going to spend a lot of time in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, that's the main thing. But I want to get into this as, as Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. So keep in mind, we're talking about this idea of a road, right? As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what the prophet or what was spoken through the prophet, say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt. They placed their cloaks on them and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted just what we've been singing, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered, listen to this, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? Let's pray. Father, we pray today that you would speak to us through your word. God, we, we ask that your spirit would guide us, that your spirit would guard us, that God, you would convict us where we need to be convicted. And that Lord, most of all, we would make the most of Jesus, that we would lift him up, that we would see our need for him and the desire he has for us and the great lengths to which he went for us to experience life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Um, as you do, I want you to think about roads. Um, I don't know how often you travel, what you do uh, when it comes to traveling. If you, if you plan out travel, like how does travel look for you when you plan it out? I, I drive a lot around, uh, around Missouri, mostly Northwest Missouri. Um, sometimes I veer off the, uh, the, the, the beaten path. Like there'll be times where I've been up in Chillicothe or Northwest Missouri, and I've got to get back to Kansas City, but I'm in no necessarily rush. Um, and so I've put in GPS coordinates, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go that way. Like I don't want to drive 36 highway across and then down. I don't want to spend. I don't want to be on the interstate. So I I have. I have veered or wandered from what I would call the broad road, if you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> and there's been times I have sent pictures to Sarah, and I'm like, this is the road I'm on. Now, keep in mind, I'm driving a work car. It's a Honda Accord. Um, sometimes I'm like, man, maybe I shouldn't have come this way, <laughs> because I have ended up on dirt roads with massive potholes, and I'm swerving and doing like five miles an hour to get to where I'm going, thinking, wow, right? But it's the way the GPS is like, oh, you can go this way all right, I'm going this way. Um, in Wyoming, there's a joke about this. Never listen to the GPS, especially in the winter. 
Because people out in Wyoming will do this, right? The interstates get closed, and they're like, oh, I'll go around it. Like, I, I just want to tell you, if you're ever out in Wyoming and the interstate's closed, don't be an idiot. Stop where you're at, take a break, get a hotel room, and just wait. Because there's no joke out there compared to what we face here. The winds blow, and they come in and howl. I've got pictures this year where there was an interstate overpass. Literally, the snow had buried the overpass. Like, it went under the overpass, over the overpass, buried the snow. And they're like, this is interstate, whatever, over near in western Wyoming near Pinedale. And it's like, yep. Um, but uh, anyways, just a, a, a word or a thought. See, there are roads all throughout Scripture. As we look at, 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 at what goes on in Scripture, we see roads consistently mentioned in Scripture, right? There's the road in the wilderness that we kind of looked at last week as we talked about Moses leading the people out of Egypt across the Red Sea into the desert. Then they wander for a while along these areas. There's the road to Jericho that we uh, read about in scripture. If you know anything about the road to Jericho, there were three people who passed the, the man who had been beaten. You know what I'm talking about, right? And the one who stops was actually a Samaritan. So you got the, the road to Jericho. You got the road through Samaria in John chapter four, where Jesus is, is going on a way. And it says, rather than go around, he decides to go through Samaria, which is where he runs into the woman at the well in John chapter four. And then there's the road into Jerusalem. And that's what we see today where they're crying out Hosanna. And here's, here's what's crazy about this whole text is the very people who are crying out Hosanna and literally, listen, calling him the son of David. That is a prophetic voice. That is an, a statement of acknowledging Jesus as the savior of the world, that he has come. He is God's son. He's the son of David. He is delivered as the Messiah. As this plays out, these same people who are crying this out at the end of the week would be the same ones who would be crying what? Crucify him. And so I started to think about how does this play out in our lives? How do I think about roads. What, what does Jesus want to teach me on the road? Because later what we also see is the road to Emmaus, right? On the road to Emmaus is where the disciples all of a sudden realize they're talking to Jesus after he is resurrected. They don't recognize him at first and they start telling everybody and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was Jesus. And then we have the road to Damascus. And on the road to Damascus, we know what happens with Paul, right? The greatest persecutor of all times in the church has an encounter with the Savior of the world, Hosanna, the son of David. And his life is radically altered. And so make no mistake about it, I believe that roads mean something in Scripture. That we can understand that Jesus has a greater message and a greater picture of what is going on in the current situation he's at so that we can see, number one, our need for a savior, and number two, the position that we're in. See, make no mistake about it that if we were to honestly evaluate ourselves, most of us would say, well, I wasn't that person. I didn't do that. But my question to you is this. How often do we cry out, Hosanna, the son of David, right? The king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who has saved and bought and purchased me, and then yet by our lifestyle walked away and denied him just maybe that day. See, every time we sin, in reality, what we're saying is crucify him. 
Every time I give in to the sin nature that goes on, what I have done is I have driven or I had driven Jesus to the cross. And so as I thought about this, whenever you enter an address or a destination in your phone, you can usually receive multiple ways to get to a destination, can't you? Now, oftentimes when I do it, I get multiples. It's usually the fastest, right? So like around Kansas City, it'll always say, oh, like take I-70 to I-29 to 435 or however you want to go about doing it. But sometimes it's not the fastest way to get there. It's the narrowest way to get there. Where do I deal with the least amount of resistance? And so in Matthew chapter 7, if you flip over Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13, I want to read these two verses, and then we're going to kind of unpack this through this idea of Jesus on his way into Jerusalem. This is what he says in verse 13, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few Find it. See, we said roads signify journeys and they lead people to destinations. And sometimes roads aren't on the map. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. We have some areas up in our, in our, around our cabin in Wyoming where there's no roads, but there's a road, right? Like if I was to bust out my, my phone and pull out my GPS, there's no road listed on the maps, on the GPS, but yet there's a road right in front of me. And so when we look at things like this, sometimes roads aren't on the map, and that leads us to a bigger question, because often I think in our lives that these roads that come up, we don't think about what it means to be on the narrow road versus the broad road. See, all of us start out on the broad road, every one of us. We're born with the sin nature. We're all going in the same direction to a certain extent. We have things that are going on, so we are born on the broad road. But there is something to be said here when Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 unpacks this and lets us know that we're called to enter through the narrow gate. In other words, what Jesus says is there's two roads. All of us start on a large road and at some point the road wise. And there's a decision to be made to continue on the large road, the broad road, and the road that says that many will follow it and it's going to lead to destruction. Or the decision to say, I submit myself to Christ, I acknowledge my sins, I choose to place my faith and trust in Him, and listen, there's the decision here that I'm going to take the narrow road. There is a decision, make no mistake about that part, that it is a decision that you and I have to make. And here's what I struggle with at times. Here is what I believe people struggle with at times. We're okay acknowledging Jesus as long as everybody else is acknowledging Jesus, right? The whole Hosanna, the people, the whole crowd, everybody's caught up in the uproar and they're acknowledging Jesus. But when it comes down to it, it's easier to deny Jesus when everybody else is denying Jesus. So what I wanted to do today, because I believe that Jesus teaches that there are two roads in life, the broad and the narrow road, is to really dig in and go, hey, how does this look? 
How does this play out in my life? We talked about this idea of the road to redemption and Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. And and here's one of the challenges I wanna encourage you this week as you dig into scripture is that you would read literally from Matthew 21 to Matthew 27. You can even read Matthew 28. I mean, that's gonna get to that. But if you wanna read about Holy Week, you can read that. You can jump into Luke and read those. But I wanna challenge you and encourage you to look at scripture and see what happens over the next week because Jesus enters into Jerusalem. And here's what's funny. If you read Matthew and stuff, as he enters into Jerusalem, this this is where the chaos ensues because he's constantly confronted by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the the leaders and the teachers of the law. And so as you you dig in, as you read it, I believe that Jesus begins to point us in the right direction and say, listen, there's the broad road and there's the narrow road. So as Jesus enters Jerusalem, what you see is those who chose the broad road and Jesus making his way to the narrow road. Jesus enters on a broad road into Jerusalem and is going to create the why at this point. He's veering off the path to make the way that God had planned from the get-go. So here's the big idea. If you get it, don't say bingo. Okay. (laughs) If you remember anything, I want you to remember is this. The road to redemption is narrow. I know I didn't. <laughs> Linda got it. <laughs> All right. Listen, the road to redemption. <laughs> the road to redemption is narrow and it leads to life and few find it. You may be like, well, you just cheated. You use scripture. Well, that's the whole point. Like every time I get up here in reality, that's all we're doing is unpacking scripture. Is to look at what God's word says and let's break this down and let's, let's look at what he's trying to communicate to us. See, everyone in some sense is on a spiritual journey, right? We see it all throughout history. People have spiritual ideas and spiritual goals and spiritual desires and they want to work into certain areas. They want to be good. They want to do good things. They want to accomplish great things. But listen, the broad road leads to destruction, It's not just about being spiritual, and that's what he's trying to get to here. Enter through the narrow gate. If you read the the gospel of John, Jesus has some things that he calls himself, and one of them is the gate. He's the gate into the sheep pen. He's the shepherd. He's eternal life. He is the living water. He lays this out, and listen, enter the narrow gate is what he's saying. It's a small gate. When we go hunting out in Wyoming, we have a side-by-side that my, my dad has, uh, or my dad bought, that seats three people. It's got a dump bed, stuff like that. And we'll take that out because then when we get an animal, we can throw it in the back, we can drive home. But there are trails we go down that we can't get into because they built gates that are small. And they're made for walking only. So you drive to the gate, and now you have to get off the four-wheeler. And what do you got to do? Yeah, now you got to work, Right? <laughs> Now, now the work starts because if I get an animal down back there, I can't get my side-by-side back in there. I'm going to have to haul it out on my back. And what Jesus is saying when he gets to this Y or this fork in the road is Jesus is saying, here's where the work begins. And I want you to know that Jesus did the work. 
But he also says that if you seek me, you will find me. So there's a decision to be made that I seek Jesus out day in and day out. So I I just really want to unpack this in two ways. Number one, the broad road that leads to destruction. And let's break that down. Listen again to what he says. He says, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. I kind of highlighted some of those things for you to see what goes on. But what does it say? It says it's wide. It's wide. In other words, it carries a large amount of people. If you've ever been in traffic and you've got six lanes, let's say out in Los Angeles or down in Atlanta or something like that, and you're running down all six lanes and all six lanes are full and traffic is going and all of a sudden it goes down to one lane, what the heck happens? Everything comes to exact, yeah, it's it's chaos. It comes to a standstill. Man, I'm convinced in America we can't merge, period. You go from two lanes to one lane, it's like, down to, like, it's not hard. And for those of you who don't know, I'm going to tell you, this is Missouri Department of Transportation. Zipper merge, zipper merge, zipper merge. Can I tell you that? I've got into it with pastors. They're like, no, that's the worst thing ever. I'm like, yeah, that's right. So we leave a whole lane empty for two miles while everybody merges into one. That's the dumbest thing ever. Use the whole thing. So, sorry, pet peeve. Um, And if everybody, listen, if everybody was polite, guess what would happen? Merging would go beautifully. One, 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 one. Oh, hey, look, we got flow here. It's when you got the guys who are like, I'm not letting them in. See, you're stuck. Jesus gets to this point where he is literally calling us to merge onto the way he wants us to go into a a, a way that leads to life and fulfillment. But he says, listen, broad is the road. In other words, it's open for everybody. Everybody is walking or driving or going down this road. It's wide, it's broad, it carries a lot of people. There's, there's, they're all moving in the same direction. It's, It's the way it goes. So wide is the gate and broad is the road. In other words, it's the easiest way. We always say that water follows the path of least what? Resistance. That's why when you all of a sudden have a leak on your roof and you're like, I don't know where it's coming from. It's following the path of least resistance. Sometimes it's hard to find where it's it's coming from because water will flow all kinds of different ways. Your hole may be over here, but the way it flows because of the path of least resistance may be five, six feet away. But all of a sudden, you show up with a wet spot on your ceiling that goes yellow, and you're like, what the heck's going on? What Jesus is trying to communicate here is this, that it's not the path of least resistance that leads you to life. It's not the path that is broad. But here's what the world wants to tell you. If Jesus really loved everybody, he would make this road as broad and as wide as possible. And Jesus says, no, that's not the way to life. That's the way that Satan miscommunicates. That's the way Satan wants to lead you down. That Satan says, listen, it's got to be this way because God is love. When God said, yes, I am love, but you have to do it my way. See, the struggle is we don't want to do it God's way. We don't want to follow God's standard. We don't want to obey what Jesus has set out. Rather, we want to say, hey, no, I'm going to stick to the broad road because if God really loves me, he's going to accept me on the broad road. 
And the whole time he's unpacking this, keep in mind that the people have already acknowledged, they're acknowledging Jesus as the son of David. In other words, the Messiah. The issue is, though, that Jesus didn't come and deliver them politically like they were expecting. And let me just remind you of that, that Jesus doesn't offer political asylum or doesn't look at the political standards and situation of what's going on in America and all of a sudden go, I'm going to deliver the United States of America. Deliverance came with Jesus' death on the cross. Matter of fact, as I read scripture, and I, I, I mean, we can go down this, look, true-blooded, I love America. I love the United States. I fought for the, the country. I served in the military. But listen to me, I don't see any mention of the United States in scripture. So when we try and paint the United States under that picture, I want you to know that Jesus' death on the cross was for all humanity. That's the only kingdom that matters in the end, is the kingdom of God. So listen, wide is this idea that it allows a lot of traffic, a lot of people to flow through it. It's the road that everyone starts on. There's, there's no decision that be, needs to be made. In other words, you can continue on the road to destruction. You can continue on the broad road as long as you want. You don't have to make a decision. Just keep walking through life. Keep motoring on. Keep moving. Keep plugging away. Keep doing the thing you do. You're fine. And so he lays that out. The broad road leads to destruction. The wide gate is the easy way. It's the easy path. It's not to say that life is always easy, but it's a path that doesn't require repentance. It doesn't require self-denial. It doesn't require sacrifice or suffering the way the other path does. That's why when Jesus came to the point in time, he said, deny yourself. There's self-denial. Take up your cross. There's that aspect of self-sacrifice and follow me, obedience. See, what the world wants to say is this. If God loves you, he's going to accept you. No matter what, no matter what you believe, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, as long as you're sincere. And there's lots of sincere people who are in the grave. Apart from Christ, separated from Christ, because they did not make the decision by faith to follow Jesus. They did not make the decision to take the why and the road. They did not make that decision to go the narrow road. Listen, the gospel is very inclusive, but yet very exclusive. It's inclusive in this. The gospel is good for all people. Jesus died on the cross for everyone, for the sins of the world. But it's exclusive in that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, there is no other road. There is no other way. The narrow road is through Jesus because Jesus is the gate. And so the road to redemption is a narrow road. And these people, I believe, they think they're choosing life, but you're actually choosing death when you choose not to choose because the broad road allows you to do whatever you want, your behavior, however you desire. I don't have to change my life. I don't have to change my, my personal beliefs. I don't have to change how I act, how I talk, how I think, or anything like that. So listen again to what he says. Wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to what? Destruction. 
And here's what's crazy. Many enter through it. Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Now, I know that the desire is never to lead to destruction. In other words, I, I'm, not, I'm not set up to just sit back and go, I'm going to destroy my life. But how often do we destroy our lives because of the choices we make? I see it constantly, consistently. At times, I've made dumb decisions. I look back and go, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Anybody ever been there? Like, why did I act like that way? Why did I give in to that situation? Why did I follow the crowd? Because the crowd was the cool group or the the people who I thought would gain acceptance. Why did I follow them instead of following Jesus? It leads to destruction. It leads to hopelessness. It leads to brokenness. It leads to hurt. It leads to anguish. It's going to lead to depression and anxiety and worry and frustration. Why? Because we're trying so hard to make it on the broad road on our own. That's the reality. I'll do it on my own. I got it. God, I need you when I need you, but when I don't need you, I got it on my own. So, There's the broad road that leads to destruction. But then here's the life aspect they brings about. Jesus says it in verse 13, enter through the narrow gate. And then in verse 14, he says, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Only a few. Now, I want us to know that I stand by this based upon what I see in Scripture. We see in 1 Peter that that Jesus died for all. In John, it says that he died or, or for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life, right? So I believe that Jesus' death on the cross was for all mankind. Like even as I sinned, that Jesus' death on the cross was for me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. He, he plays that out. But I want us to understand what he's saying here is that only a few find it. Like as I thought about that, it reminded me of, of, of Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given unto you. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be opened unto you. Here's what he's laying out in that. He says, only a few find it. But what did Jesus say earlier in Matthew chapter 7? Seek it. In other words, I go after it. I'm looking for it. I'm trying to follow the way. I'm making an attempt. Now, this is not for the idea that I gain or earn my salvation by seeking. It's honestly pursuing and looking into and seeking to find what Jesus says about life. In other words, I align my life under the authority of God's word, under the authority of Jesus, so that I can experience the life that he wants me to experience. I, I, can't, I, I can't encourage this enough. All of us are going to face trying times. All of us are going to have difficulties. We're going to have ups and downs. We're going to have financial woes. We're going to have financial blessings. We're going to have uh, you know, medical woes, and we're going to have medical blessings. It's just the way life is. That's life. The one certainty is death. 
right? Like, we're all guaranteed to die, at least physically, here. But Jesus also promised that you could experience life, eternal life, a life more abundantly in him. And so listen, as, as we look at this, keep this in mind. He says that the, the narrow road leads to life. But he says it, small is the gate. We just made that comparison. When it's small, that means fewer people funnel into it. Matter of fact, I've at times thought about it a little bit like this. I'm very much the guy who looks and goes, line is long, I'm going to go over here. Anybody ever been there? And it never fails because of my lack of impatience that the line that's longer somehow goes faster than the line that I just walked in. And maybe it's because the line was spread out a little bit more. In other words, instead of being in a straight line, they were kind of spread out, so it was broad. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, oh, that, that line's shorter. And then I, I'm, I'm the guy, like, I pick a person. I'm like, I'm going to see if I can beat that guy. <laughs> never fails. I never beat that guy. <laughs> it's like God's like, I'm going to show you patience. <laughs> I'm going to show you that it's not always the broad way to go, but it's the narrow road that you need to go down. And, and listen, I know that's kind of a funny story. It's not always that case, but I want you to think about it in that way. The narrow road is what leads to life. And so sometimes we may look and go, well, that line's kind of backing up. It's getting a little bit long. So I'm going to take this road because I think it's just going to be a little bit faster. And what Jesus is unpacking and telling to his people, I want you to know in Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is, is preaching to a large group of people that are here at this time. And he unpacks some very difficult things in Matthew chapter 7. And this is one of them. And then he comes down in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. And he says to people, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And now he begins to unpack it even more. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not in, in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Here is the picture that's taking place. Those people would use the name of Jesus for power and authority, but they never went through the gate. They never entered through Jesus. They just knew people who would speak about Jesus. And so they're like, well, it worked for them. I'll work for me. And what Jesus says is you've never had a personal relationship with me, so you've never entered the gate. And since you've never entered the gate, you've never been on the narrow road. Since you've never been on the narrow road, that means you chose the broad road that everybody else did. In other words, you had some religious ideologies that you played out. And I thought, I'll take a little bit of Jesus and I'll mix it with everything else, but I'm still on the broad road. And what Jesus says at the end in Matthew chapter 7, verse 23, he tells them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So here is what I believe that Jesus is getting to. The narrow road leads to us experiencing life. An abundant life starts now, and it's going to continue on for all of eternity. Listen to what he says. Small, narrow, life, and What? few. 
few. Why is it a few? And I believe there are some very simple things. Number one, because Jesus is very exclusive. John chapter 14, we just quoted it. Acts chapter 4, verse 10 through 12. And really, I'll just, I want to read verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to which or to men by which men must be saved. So he lays all these things out. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works, so that anyone can boast. See, I'm telling you, the most difficult circumstances or the most difficult struggles we have in our life is thinking that we do something for our salvation. When the narrow road is, all you have to do is seek. And when you seek, Jesus says, you will find. So what he's laying out is, have you made the decision to pursue and to seek and to follow Jesus? So yes, maybe you've already made that decision and maybe that's the way forward. But listen, being a follower of Jesus is counter-cultural. It's the narrow road. It's going against the flow. It's taking a stand when others don't. And when I say taking a stand, I'm talking about taking a stand for faith and in Jesus rather than other things. I used to have this coffee mug, and I'm pretty sure I've said this in the past, but when I was growing up, I had the verse right on there about taking the narrow road right here. And uh, on the coffee mug, which we drank hot tea when I was a kid, um, a lot of it, uh, but it had a colorful picture of a bunch of fish going one way. And then it had this plain white ichthus, right? The Jesus fish going the opposite way. And on one side was the Bible verse of the mug and right above that picture, it always said, go against the flow. And that's what Jesus is saying. When you continue down the broad road, you continue down a road of destruction. When you go against the flow, it's going to look different. It's going to be different. You're going to act different. You're going to speak differently. And what I believe he begins to get to is this, that oftentimes we don't allow the power of Jesus to influence and change our life because that's exactly what he wants to do. And what we do is we continue down this broad road. I got Jesus for my fire insurance, right? And Jesus says, that's great. But do you really know me? Are you really seeking me? Are you pursuing after me? Jesus did the work once and for all. It's important for us to understand that the sacrifice once and for all, but you can't dabble in the middle road because there's no middle road. Like he doesn't say that there's the narrow road, the broad road, and the middle road, and well, I'll take people on the middle road. There is no middle road. But there is Jesus. And so Jesus says it's one or the other. It's life or destruction. It's narrow or it's broad. It's small or it's large. Few will find it and many will travel it. See, the road to redemption is narrow. But I also believe this that the road to redemption 
is wide with God's love. How high, how deep, how wide is the love of God that we see in Christ Jesus? So when I say it's narrow, it's not exclusive to keep you out. It's exclusive because Jesus is the gate. It's inclusive because Jesus died on the cross for everybody. And my question is, have you sought him out? Because Jesus brings salvation to any and all who believe. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the fact that we can experience life and life more abundantly in Christ. We thank you for the fact that Jesus' death on the cross was the payment and the price that we, that I couldn't pay for my own sins and that we can't pay for our sins. But Jesus went to the cross bearing that burden, carrying our sins with us, and he died. And as he died, he was crucified, his blood was shed, and he went to the grave for us. But Lord, we know and we get to celebrate that next week, that he did not stay dead, but he rose again. And in the midst of that, in his resurrection, he offers us life. He offers us defeat of sin and death and where we can walk and follow him. Doesn't mean we'll be sinless, but it does mean that we can walk in obedience to him and learn how to make our bodies slaves to the spirit and not slaves to sin. So God, I pray today, maybe there's somebody here who's never placed their faith and trust in Christ, never, never sought him out at that point. Maybe they need to nail that down today. God, may we be a church, may we be a family that acknowledges the exclusivity of Jesus, that Jesus is the only way, but also the inclusivity that he wants others to come. He wants people to know. So God, may we understand that and how that plays out. Can we invite others to follow him? And listen, today is the day that you choose to enter through the narrow gate. Because wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many will find it. But narrow is the gate and the road that leads to life and few find it. Father, we pray that you have your way. We pray that this week that Jesus would just be glorified and honored. God, that in the midst of our work lives, in the midst of, of the extracurricular activities with kids, that we would take some time to pray about our, our, our lost, the, the, the friends and neighbors and coworkers we, uh, we work with that don't know you. And we would take the time to invite them to maybe talk a little bit about what Easter means, to share with them the gospel, the good news, so that maybe they would make that decision to enter through the narrow gate. God, I know today that some are, are coming with heavy hearts. I know some are dealing with broken relationships and hurts. God, I pray right now for my friend who just lost his son yesterday. God, I know the anguish and the hurt is great for him. But God, I am thankful for the promise that I heard that he shared this morning. That his hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And he knows his son, while absent from him now, is present with you. Because of the promise that Jesus gave. That we would have life and life more abundantly in him. So God, I pray 
for every heavy heart that we have here today, for the difficult situations they're in, for the broken relationships that maybe need to be mended, that you want to come in and heal. God, would you have your way? Spirit, would you move? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.